we look back at the first year of Tale of the White Wyvern in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everyone, I'm Travis and I'm joined by Tim and John Dodson. A year ago, John and I launched a retro adventure game that we both love called Tale of the White Wyvern. It's a text-based, high-fantasy, sword-of-magic adventure and mini-MMO that you can play with your friends, and we're really glad many of you have. In this episode, we're taking a look back at Wyvern's first year on its anniversary to talk about its future. So, John, start us off. What are your thoughts about Tale of the White Wyvern being one year old? Yeah, thanks. So, wow, uh, it's it's pretty cool that I think the first thing that makes me happy is that people are still playing it. So thank you <laughs> for playing it, um, because I think that when, when I first got the bug to create the game, then I talked to Travis about it and he's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. Um, I wasn't sure how long I would be interested in playing it, much less other people. So I'm really happy to, you know, that I play it um, regularly uh, and that it's got a really fun core audience of people that keeps playing it so i think that's the first thing and then the second thing that comes to mind is originally i thought oh you know launching a game on your birthday is a really smart idea it's not never do that um because <laughs> i'm celebrating my birthday weekend the way you're supposed to not working taking time off you know what i mean about the beach and a podcasting in a room, by the way, which is not it's not very glamorous. But um, then I'll soon I'll be going out um, and getting into a, a, a kayak that we have and getting on the river and it'll be really fun. But uh, don't do that. Don't launch a game on your birthday. Go to the river. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like take some time and do it. I just thought it'd be really fun. But um, but I'm, I'm happy that we're doing this today. I don't have to debug any code today or whatnot. So that's that's pretty good. But um, it was kind of fun. It was a fun milestone. And but I think like ultimately, like, you know, I was there's been a game that I've wanted to play for a long time. And it um, I have and I've loved Legend of the Red Dragon ever since I played it on the early BBSs. And it's a game that I would wanted to see in a modern context. And I wanted to add roguelike mechanics to it and add more replayability. And I absolutely needed fishing um, in it. Um, which is something the original game didn't have. And Travis and I made it, and I'm really happy that we did. It's been so fun to do it, and I'm really excited for 1.0. But I think those are my overall thoughts, which is really glad people are playing it, really happy that it's um, impacted people. I know people in game are you know making friends in it, which is really fun, even though there's a really, really um, simple male mechanic. People are still having conversations in the game, still play it. And uh, yeah, kids, don't launch games on your birthday. Have a party on your birthday. <laughs> Tim, how about you? I know you uh, played it pretty heavily early on and you've kind of recently started checking things out again. Yes. So I was pretty active when it uh, when it first launched. Uh, what caused me to largely kind of like, you know, not really give up on it. It was that I, I, I used to play in the when I first like would get into the office in the morning because, uh, you know, while everybody's checking voicemails and answering emails and things like that, it was a real simple thing for me to kind of do on the side 
start my day. Uh, but there also used to be two people doing the job that I do. And now there's only one. And I just don't have time. Like <laughs> when I when I start my day, I basically have to like start immediately just because otherwise I will not be able to get enough stuff done each day. So that's kind of what caused me to drop off. But um, I have been logging in periodically here and there. In fact, right before we uh, started this broadcast, I hit level 11. So, you know, that's that's kind of fun. I haven't had a chance to check out the fishing mechanics, but so far, all the additions that you guys have been making, I've really been liking. I'm glad to see that there's still, a, you know, an active community here. And I love that people still whisper my name in the dark corners of Wormdor, fearing me, you know, and my <laughs> terrible presence. Yeah, people hated yeah. you so much. Yeah. You can see Tim. You go to Wyvern Prime. And I go to it. Primrose Park, That's and he's right. all over. He's all over Primrose Park. He yep. he he was the number one. He killed the Wyvern the first time. So. That's right. Feed me your booze and your hisses. <sighs> I thrive on them. Yeah, when, like, I guess the first month or so of the game, like Katie said, like, I know Tim is your friend, but can you please ban him? He keeps killing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 We, sorry, had, was, he, we didn't have the, terror. the. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, we didn't have the PvP mechanics as filtered out as they are now. Right. Not filtered, yeah. but I think they work a lot better than they did before. And uh, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a great year. It does not seem like it has been a year. Uh, it's kind of crazy to me that this has been around for a year. I think in that time, I've only missed playing like five or six game days because we've made a game that I absolutely love to play, which, uh, yeah, I, I've tinkered with uh, Legend of the Red Dragon just as kind of a comparison thing. And, you know, I know it's a legendary game, but I think we have a better game now than than that one um i think the addition of fishing was a huge help fishing kind of smooths some things out like it seems like that shouldn't quite make sense but the boosts and stuff that you can get from fishing kind of uh it kind of rounds things out in a really satisfying way i'm really glad that that john that you had that idea right and it was specifically for what Tim, what annoyed people so much about Tim. See, Tim, you would love um, fishing because the goal of fishing for me was to enable like your uh, the ability that maybe sometimes you get this crazy fish that you eat that give, grants you these temporary abilities that make you crazy powerful. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that Travis and I were finding was that people weren't doing a lot of PvP because we'd, mm -hmm. we'd, we'd focus it so much that if you snuck in someone's room at the end, most of the time you'd die, right? Yeah. If people the are playing the you game and they're for, keeping uh, on weapons Staying at the end is pretty, pretty substantial. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great boost. And if you're keeping with your weapons and armor, so the fishing really made it so that you can swing that a bit in your favor and you can win sometimes. And so, yeah, I, I agree that that was mostly the goal of it was to make it swingy. But now I find that in a world where people don't do PVP, it's just a way to get your weapons and armor faster. <laughs> yeah, which is good. It's good that you could do that with it. But yeah, I've loved seeing the same names come up on the the, the daily news every day i love seeing the kind of core fan base stick around and seeing new names pop in occasionally that uh you know we're still getting new people in and we're keeping people around so 
I love that we got a dedicated fan base and hope that with our big marketing push after we hit 1.0, which we'll talk about later, that'll get us some more people that come in and stick around as much as the crew we have now does. So I think you probably already know my answer to this as much as I talked up fishing, but uh, Tim, what's your favorite feature of the game? So I've got, I've actually got two favorite features. So first is, uh, is Primrose Park, uh, because when you go in there and you see the hero shrine, you see me. (laughs) So, you know, that's, I feel like that's a really great addition to this game. My second, you're so humble. Second favorite. I know. Thank you. Thank you. My second you just, you favorite. You just want people to hate you even more. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My second favorite feature is the PvP scoreboard. Because while I have been largely inactive for several months, I'm still in the top 10 for most <laughs> PvP kills. And, you know, I think my legacy is really what it comes down to, my favorite part of the game. Your, your humility continues to amaze me. <laughs> John, how about you? So humble. So humble. Uh, I think there are three. For me, one of the ones that was really fun to add was um, the leaderboard of the dead. Tim, I don't even think you saw that one when you were playing. That's a new <laughs> I one love we that. added. I, I, that one was hard that because I didn't. Yeah, most deaths, right? It's in the, it's in the graveyard now. Uh, it gives nice. you something else to do in the graveyard if you're alive. But um, I, I originally when the game launched i didn't have a counter on the user on everyone's user record to know how many times you died and then i i was like oh we need a dead scoreboard we need a dead leaderboard because that would be really fun in case of a season like to see who died the most like i know people die a lot and i was like okay but if we had a leaderboard for it it would probably take the sting out of death a little bit like oh at least i'm and by the way i'm leading that by the way in, <laughs> in the prime game i'd like to see someone come get this i think i'm up by 100 over anyway something that's crazy so so I actually had to write a script that went through the daily news and grepped for when people died <laughs> to add it up for each character so, to, to make that work. That was, that was kind of fun to do. Um, and, and I got it right. We got, we got the number right. The other one that I really liked uh, is the ability to transfer gold around. I remember when that was added into the game that it kind of helps, you, you know, you have a friend and you're playing a game together with someone or you're you're partnering with someone in game and they wrap and they kill the wyvern, you can transfer them gold. And it's not a lot, but it's enough to be helpful. Right. Uh, and it's all graduated by level. You can send it more if you don't and, you know, less if you're at a lo- another level and you can only do it once per day. But I, I really like that kind of stuff. It gives gives people a little bit more interaction. And of course, the thing that I had been chomping at the bit for since we created the game and it launched was fishing. That would always was always I, I talked to Travis. I'm like, we got to add fishing. And then we we almost always invariably were like, no, we need to add something else that's more important or we need to tweak this class. And then I would also say, you know, beyond fishing, because I really wanted to do and I really want fishing to be focused on, you know, helping out PVP and that kind of thing. The other thing, too, that really changed the game, I think, for the better was changing the rogue skills. So if you guys remember early in the game there, the rogue and the warrior were essentially the same, right? They mm-hmm. would just do a four X attack, right? Well, that 
and and then early on the difference was you know occasionally in the forest if you got a special ability as you're a warrior you get plus one to your strength and if you're a rogue you get plus one to defense and that was really the only difference they were exactly the same beyond that well when i asked travis i said hey why don't we like lean into the rogue thing and then make the rogue disappear for a couple turns what about that and originally we were thinking the rogue could disappear for five turns but that is just too many turns to disappear. Yeah, it's that's so lot. overpowered. You are basically invincible so, whenever you use that move. Yeah. Right. And then I, I counted terribly. So it actually ended up and then I, I dropped that by one and it actually ended up being three when it was supposed to be four. And I think three is the right amount. And I still think and I don't know what you guys think, but I still think the rogue might be the most powerful class because disappearing for three turns is more powerful than a 4x attack uh i think because you're not taking damage i don't know what you guys think about that but i think that the disappearing for three turns is crazy uh it's it's i don't think it's overpowered anymore but i think it's real good i don't know what do you guys think think about that probably it's kind of situational situationally dependent but like when you're fighting the wyvern for sure that those rogue skills are more powerful than a four axe attack because you're able to like you said like absorb all that damage you would be taking so it's kind of yeah equivalent to doing yeah. more damage right well i dual class every time and i'm dual classing rogue and mage so i go up to 11 mage skills and then and then i get as many as i can in terms of rogues and usually about four rogue skills which basically means i can disappear and um magic missile uh the wyvern every time so um it's 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 awesome i I don't know what other people's strategies are but yeah for my first and first and second time through uh in the in the five kill cycle uh i just go straight rogue and don't even bother pumping gems into my uh skills i just pump them into defense only and then like i've got maybe three disappears by the time i get to the wyvern but that's plenty for those first couple fights i think pumping defense early on is the most important i think right like levels one through five after that i don't i don't i don't do anything after that yeah so yeah like i said up top you're not going to be surprised that my favorite feature that we've put in so far is fishing uh just because of how much that really changed the game uh but john like you said the the rogue i mean we launched the rogue in a state that we were always thinking we'll come back and do some more fun stuff with this later but we just wanted to get things out for people to play with but what we did with rogue was amazing i i love that class it seems weird it like it should have always been that, but I, it was only something that came to us, I think, after we were playing the game. And I was like, this class mm-hmm. is boring. And I think some, one of my friends was like, so essentially there's no difference in playing the work. I'm like, well, those defense points early on really do matter in the earlier levels. But yeah, no, there wasn't. There really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got uh, some some cool stuff coming down on Tale of the White Wyvern soon. Uh, John, you want to tell us about the Worm Door Jubilee? Yes. So since it's the one year anniversary, um, we added a new event that will go into effect from July 27th to August 3rd. And that's like all events in Tale of the White Wyvern. Those are going to happen every year. So 
when July 27th hits, um, it's going to feature an entirely new Jubilee Zone, uh, very similar to the Pumpkin Festival or the Winter Festival, if you've been a part of those. Tim, did you take part in Pumpkin or Winter Festival in any? Or do, or I did you? see the Pumpkin one, yeah. And I think yeah, the great, Winter awesome. one also. So it's, oh, awesome. So there's going to be a new Jubilee Zone where you can spend your Jubilee tokens on uh, new festival games to win prizes. Since this event celebrates the game's anniversary, uh, the daily bonuses are going to be well worth the price of admission. So that'll be really fun. I really wanted to get a new zone in there. I know people love the Pumpkin Festival. They love the Winter Festival. So I wanted to get a really fun festival in the summer. Um, That's not just daily bonuses, but also a zone. That'll be really cool. And it increases the world lore a little bit, too. So that was really fun. Um, So I don't know if people noticed, but in the Pumpkin Festival... Um, the person in charge of that is Helga. So she actually takes a break from the healing shop while the pumpkin festival is happening. And her partner, Ilsa, ran, runs the potion shop while she's out the healing shop. Uh, Ilsa is actually going to be the one running the Worm Door Jubilee this time. Uh, so she'll be there. You can talk to her uh, about anything that uh, she's there. She's busy, but you can talk to her. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Elsa's not actually a character in the game. She's only there right now um, for the Worm Door Jubilee and during the Pumpkin Festival working in the potion shop. So that's kind of cool to have these characters that aren't always in the game, but definitely exist in the world. So I thought that was kind of fun. And also we've got um, another season coming up soon, starting August 1st. Uh, This one is going to be a race. You know, we have a few different kinds of well, we have a few different variables that we tweak with the uh, seasons. Mostly it's like forest fights and uh, starting gold, stuff like that. Uh, last time we increased the experience gain and gold fine a bit. But this one, we're trying something that's uh, to- 70 percent. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a little yeah, bit. 70 percent. It was insane. And it's kind of hard to go back to just playing normal Wyvern after that 70 percent bump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but now this time around we are doing a race so the first person to kill the wyvern three times will be crowned the winner uh we're going to speed things up again with those variables that we can tweak so we should have a really focused event and it'll be really quick to get to the winner uh we're thinking about other ways in future seasons to change things up so that uh, it's not just kind of an extra game that you play along with the main game. It's it adds something new. So look forward to more news about seasons after this one. Yeah. Travis and I have hopefully in our next season, we're going to do the thing that we've wanted to do for a while and that should be pretty crazy, but we think we're getting now we've got, we've got the normal game. We've got, um, we've got sort of the, you know, the season, the ability to change it. Um, then we're going to add the race mode and then we're going to add one more game mode and, you know, we're thinking that will be really great for adding a, a rotating bar of seasons that could be really fun for everyone to play. So, uh, yeah, we mentioned the path to 1.0 earlier. I was talking about the marketing blitz that we would do afterwards. Uh, I mean, we feel like we've got a pretty complete game and we've been told by other people who play the game that they feel like it's a finished product as well. But there's a lot of things we want to do before we call it 1.0 and do the final big media push. So, um, so John, you want to start us off with, uh, some 
of the things we're going to be pushing for before 1.0? Yeah, so I'll talk about two things. The first thing we're going to do is finalize accessibility. This is uh, making the game. There, there's already partial support in the game for screen readers, um, but we wanted to make sure that it's um, fully screen reader compatible. There are a ton of screens. We just need to go in and change code out and swap it in and out. Um, uh, we're again, we're, we're like, I don't know, 60% there. We just need to do the last, you know, 40%. Uh, we're also going to have the ability for us to announce new things added to the game and the game itself. So right now we rely on people reading cheerful ghost regularly to get all the new features added to the game, but a lot of players don't do that. So we should let them know new things in the game. Um, I'm totally cool if people just use Cheerful Ghost for the way to authenticate to all of our games. That's fine with me, but people need to know something's new. So we're going to add the ability to announce new things in the game itself. Yeah, and we're also um, working toward more cosmetic items in the game. Uh, We've kind of changed up the user interface for how you go in and buy the the current member only sets uh there's a new section that currently only has the member sets but we have support in for more packs that we can add uh i know tim at one point you said you wanted some doctor who hats like the fez so maybe we'll have a a doctor who pack or something (laughs) like that i demand a fez (laughs) but yeah like we'll we'll be able to add alternate sets for weapons armor hats and fishing poles any other kind of leveled gear that we might add in the future but uh yeah that should be fun uh also this is uh, an idea that john had that i love like most every website if you have a 4k monitor and you maximize the the browser you're just going to get like a small website in the middle of your screen but his idea that was to use um, kind of variable width font sizes to be able to expand the entire browser width. So if you're using a 4K monitor, it's a freaking huge full screen display. And like, hopefully, if you go into your browser's full screen mode, it'll look like you just have a giant 4K DOS window, which would be a lot of fun. So that's a fairly straightforward thing to do. In a sense, and in another sense, it's not because it's going to be it's going to require some tweaking, but that's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Imagine a world where you are looking at a character, a DOS letter (laughs) that is really big. That's massive. I I, and it's scaled (laughs) properly and it looks like it's just huge text in your face. I want to enable this. Uh, No websites do it. I, I think we could. And I think that'd be really fun. I'll take this one. So when we hit 1.0, we're going to kind of just add a bunch of fun new things to the game. One thing is we're going to add new monsters in the forest, some new fish, uh, and then monster taunts in the daily news and a bunch more stuff. Because, again, for the people that have been playing the game for a year, you know, you've been playing, you've been fighting the same monsters and that's, you know, and that that's great, but we want to add some new ones. So we're going to add uh, new monsters. And I want to let everyone know now that we're going to reach out to all of our um, Cheerful Ghost members, people that are members that are um, supporting us that way. And we're going to talk to them and each one of them can uh, can help come up with a monster that goes in the force. They'll tell us what level they want it to be. Um, and as long as it hits certain things right, like I don't want to put um, disgusting or swear words it's, i don't know you, you, just stuff that's not exactly pg in the game um 
if it's we'll, we'll put it in there for them. So if you want to become a member now, um, we're going to reach out to them and we're going to get those in game. So just hint, hint, nudge, nudge um, if you want to do that. And plus, getting more people supporting us is really, really good. So. And then lastly, we are going to do a big marketing push. Well, big for us because we have zero zero dollar budget. So we wanted to say if anyone had any ideas on how we could get the word out in some interesting way, just let us know. Um, One thing we hear a lot is that it's a fun game to play with more people. So we're opening here what you think about how to get more people to play. Travis and I have a have a long list of stuff that we're going to do. But, you know, there's only so many things you can do unless you have a boatload of money, which we don't have. So. Um, we're just going to um, do it the old fashioned way. And, and, I, and I'm actually pretty, pretty confident that we're going to get a couple people to play. Um, again, Cheerful Ghost, we um, we published uh, Starship Rubicon and we were able to do a really fun marketing campaign for that game. We got quite a lot of players to play it. So um, this will be really cool. Yeah. And then after 1.0, we want to keep supporting the game. Uh, that'll depend largely on uh, how many people keep playing the game and the way they play the game and any kind of problems and feature requests they that we hear from the community but yeah we want to keep supporting this game for quite some time and john you had an idea about uh putting that on steam you want to talk about that yeah i think there are two ways that we could go post 1.0 besides fixing bugs and you know adding new dlc packs and that kind of thing but like and then in the occasional feature and events, I, I still think there are areas in the year where we could have mo- more. I want an event every month and we don't quite have that yet. And we're still going to have to add until there's enough, you know, because I want fun things happening in the game regularly. Be- besides all that kind of thing, um, I think there are two paths for it. One is that we basically take the game and we put it into a Steam free to play wrapper. So it um, you can play it right now in your browser, on your phone, tablet or desktop or whatever. But um we we could actually make it so that it's it's like an actual app that you would download and run on steam and it would be the same you just authenticate through cheerful ghost in the app and everything would be fine the reason why we would do that is because firstly i think the game's fun and simple enough and kind of that that it would get quite a few people on steam to play it and if you just bring a free to play it just any game to steam it just has people that play the game I think that would just be really cool. The Steam free-to-play audience is huge, um, and I think they would like it. Uh, plus, we could sell cosmetic packs in, in Steam and that kind of thing, too, or memberships with, directly within Steam as well. So, I, I mean, I think that that could work out. Again, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, Team Fortress 2 level popular. Absolutely wouldn't be, but I think it would get <laughs> enough people to make it worth it. So I think that could be really interesting. And then I think the other option, too, is that we um, just make a new game. And I, I don't know which one we're going to pick. I think it really just depends on sort of what Travis and I are feeling like. I'm re- I would really love to take the game to Steam. I would love to. But that's quite a bit of work in, in development that yeah. Travis and I have never done before. Um, I don't know, Travis. What are you thinking? I mean, what like I, this isn't obviously binding, but we haven't really decided what we're going to do yet. Right. No, no, we haven't. And like you said, like we said at the like before we started talking about Steam, it kind of depends on how people play the game but i think the idea of uh like working on some kind of steam integration is a cool idea uh if nothing else then you know it kind of helps us get experience for whatever comes next you know but yeah i think bringing the game to players in the way they want to play it is always a good choice uh totally agree totally agree yeah and and then i think like if if the steam free-to-play thing is massive like if that's 
good. I mean, I have no um, I have no problems bringing it to phones either, like apps on phones, too. Like so, you know, it would be just a regular app on the and the and then again, you could buy in game cosmetics through the through your iPhone, because I, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually go on your phone right now and you can bookmark the game and you can say add to my home screen. And if you do that, it removes all the browser Chrome in the game. And um, it's totally playable that way. And I prefer to play it that mm-hmm. way on my phone because it removes all the browser stuff and it and it makes it the color and the theme that you expect such that it it's more immersive. I know this sounds really weird for a text game, but it doesn't have white browser Chrome around that kind of like brings you out of the game. Travis, I mean, what do you think? You play it that way. I, I think it's the better way to play it yeah. on your phone. I play it that way and and I've put a I decided to put a lot of focus into making it like it's not a fully certifiable PWA progressive web app, which is something that can run on your home, like a, a site that can run on your home screen. Uh, there's still a few things that we need to do f- to get that perfectly. But uh, yeah, I, I did a lot of work with like color matching and stuff like that so that you don't have the like you said, you don't have any of the browser Chrome, but also like that top bar up at the top um, isn't just like a white or black bar depending on your theme and yeah i i I wanted to make sure that it felt like an app when you were using it because and it really does like it it doesn't feel like you're playing in a a game on a website when you play it that way it's it's more kind of authentic to the feel we were going for i think yeah and so just to be really clear here too like cheerful like we're gonna make games that you can play in a browser, right? That those are the at least in the, when we're keeping with our text games focus. You know, Travis and I have, you know, a thought to make a trilogy of these games, and they'll all be playable in your browser, and they'll be you know text adventure games like we're making right now. Um, with that, there's just a lot of really great ways that you could bring those to apps and have them feel like they're not web apps, that they're actual applications. And it's not just that, you know. It's it's also because it's like we are limited in terms of the amount of developers that we have. You know, if you're a part of a larger company, you'd make a, a separate iOS app, you'd make a separate Android app, you'd make a separate desktop app, and you have the web app, and they'd be all kind of different using common APIs. We're actually circumventing all that, and they're all going to be the same <laughs> because, again, two people, <laughs> right? So to a certain extent, that's what we're going to do. And it's cool because not a lot of people do it in the way that we're going to do it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, but um, you know, it's basically like, how can you shoestring this in, you know, and it's, it's going to be really fun to see how we're going to be able to do that. And, and, and whether or not we bring tail, the white wyvern to steam in your phone, eventually one of these games we will. So I don't know if it's going to be this one, but eventually we will. So that'll be really fun to do. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.
Yum.